Hi, my name is Donnie, and this is Crying on Purpose. You ask me, is that a lush in your eye? Or are you just disappointed you had to wake up today? Though it seems bad on the surface All this time I've been crying on purpose So I'm an idiot. I forgot to give the biggest shout out to Tom Santisi for creating my theme song last episode. It's incredible. I've had such rave reviews about it already. If you want to support him, his stuff is on Spotify and Bandcamp. I also have to thank my friend Dahlia for creating the logo. It's so cute. I love the pink. I will also provide links for their socials in the description. Welcome back to the podcast. As you know by now, I'll be talking and very possibly crying about anything and everything to anyone who will listen. Now, as promised, I am delivering you a Disney-based episode. I am not, however a Disney adult. In fact, quite the opposite. Now I'm going to be an arsehole here and say as someone who went to film school, I take movies and movie making as something very culturally important. If movies aren't important or meaningful, they should be at least entertaining and made by people who share that same sentiment. Now, that's my first grievance with Disney. Their CEO in 1981, Michael Eisner, was quoted saying, we have no obligation to make art, we have no obligation to make a statement. To make money is our only objective. It's no secret that Disney are one of the largest corporations in the world, estimated to be about $110 billion. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Listen, you're more than welcome to argue that they've gotten better since the 80s, but Disney have become a huge and problematic monopoly in the film industry. Imagine playing the game Monopoly. Imagine your friend buying up all the properties, all the train stations, all the businesses, and becoming so unfathomably rich, and then just being an asshole about it the whole time. But they call you a sore loser. Disney take in 40% of the box office from films each year. They keep buying the competition, think Marvel or Lucasfilm. These companies aren't at liberty to say no, they literally cannot afford to, so they keep getting bought out by Disney. Which obviously is bad from an economy point of view, but also think about the lack of originality and variety that we'll be seeing in movies from now on. Imagine you have a favourite brand of chips and you find out that they've beat all their competitors in the supermarket and now only that brand of chips is going to be on the shelves. For a while you might be ecstatic, but after a couple months you're going to get pretty bored and tired of the same flavour over and over again. That's essentially what's happening here. Disney are also notoriously bullies when it comes to theatres playing their movies. For example, The Last Jedi. They demanded 65% of ticket revenue. The movie had to be shown in the largest auditorium at whatever cinema they were talking to and it had to play for a certain amount of weeks, otherwise they would have removed access to it entirely. With streaming services, cinemas are already having a hard time, and so losing an in-demand blockbuster would mean they take a massive financial hit. And Disney are also on their way to monopolizing streaming, as they currently own Disney+, Hulu, ESPN+, and ABC+, and I'm sure they're not going to stop there. But bro, they're not even making good fucking movies. <laughs> 
Everything these days is a sequel, a spin-off, or a reboot. The MCU literally has over 20 movies in its franchise. In the 90s, Disney used to produce 24 films a year. Now it's down to 12. And you'd think quality over quantity. But honestly, the quality is lost as well. I mean, who the fuck was asking for a live-action Lion King? What the fuck, Richard? Okay, aside from movies, Disney is more a corporation than ever. I would even argue global conglomerate. They've branched out from the movie biz because only 17% of Disney's revenue actually comes from movies. They own all sorts of shit. They own construction companies, websites, cruises, theme parks, hotels, radio stations, video game companies, local news stations in eight major US cities, a marine port in the Bahamas, and they have their own private government district in Florida. And just remember, what you're seeing and what you're reading is not what's happening. Plus, they own other companies such as ESPN, Fox, National Geographic, Pixar. Their net worth is literally larger than the economy of the Ukraine. Are we surprised, though, that a company created by Walt Disney has progressively gotten worse? The dirt on this man is insane. He was rumored to be anti-Semitic, for one, as he gave Nazi propagandist tours of the studio, and also joined a really famous anti-Semitic organization, which was the Motion Picture Alliance for the Preservation of American Ideals. He was misogynistic and sexist, which was actually backed by Meryl Streep and his own niece, Abigail Disney. For example, he once stated he preferred an all-male studio and in a letter from 1938 to a female job applicant said, women do not do any of the creative work in connection with preparing the cartoons for the screen, as that task is performed entirely by young men. For this reason, girls are not considered for the training school. In 1945, he hired his highest paid animator for joining a union. And he joined that union in the first place because Walt didn't give him his fair share of money from Snow White. Let's also talk about the fact that he lobbied for the law to change twice and won twice just so he wouldn't lose copyright for Mickey Mouse. Okay, so we'll break copyright law down in the most basic of terms. It just protects things from going into the public domain which means anyone can use whatever that content is for free. So when Disney was first established copyright law only lasted 56 years from the date of creation or publication whichever one comes first. He abused his influence and power both in 1976 to extend this to 75 years and then again in 1998 to 95 years. But that 95 years is almost up and the raid of Mickey Mouse may be over because the king is dead and I don't think Disney will be able to lobby for the law to change for the third time without Walt Disney this time. So who knows, maybe maybe Mickey Mouse will die too. Which is good because speaking of Walt Disney, his whole foundation is built on racism, including Mickey Mouse. Early iterations and animations of Mickey Mouse are loosely based on minstrel shows. You know, minstrel shows when white people utilize blackface to entertain other white people and promoted harmful and negative stereotypes about black culture. Yeah, those minstrel shows. This can mostly be seen in character designs, for example, Mickey's white gloves, the character behavior. Mickey at that time was mischievous and deviant back then, and the formatting, including the use of dance and song, which were similar to those in minstrel shows. Okay, some more quickfire examples of racism. 
One, Princess Jasmine from Aladdin was inspired by and based off a white person, which was the animator's sister, by the way, so a little weird on many accounts. Huh? Uh, after the release of Moana, they tried to sell a costume of uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character, which was essentially just a brown skin suit. Mm-hmm. That's real, and that happened only a few years ago. Uh, the movie Song of the South from 1946, very problematic portrayal of slavery and slave master relationships, and they still have a ride dedicated to that movie at uh, the Disney, whatever the fuck it's called, Castle? Disney Castle? I don't fucking know. I don't care. The Native Americans and Peter Pan perpetuate very harmful and racist stereotypes, such as they all look identical, the pipe smoking, the way they just speak gibberish instead of the actual language. No one thought to maybe research actual indigenous American language. They just went, oh, this is funny. Let's just add them talking like nonsense. That's not hurtful or harmful to that culture at all. And oh my god, the song, What Makes the Red Man Red, what were they thinking? The racist caricatures of Asian people as portrayed by the Siamese twin cats in Lady and the Tramp, the way they talk, the slanted eyes, the bucked teeth, similar to the Asian cat in Aristocrats as well. A lot of newer Disney movies have their people of colour characters transform into something else for the majority of the movie as well. Some examples being Princess and the Frog, Emperor's New Groove, and Soul. And bro, just the entirety of Pocahontas... Also, where is the queer representation, Disney? Because all I've been seeing the last couple of years are very small, insignificant queer storylines which maybe have a scene or two that are quickly and easily cut out so you can market your movie still to China without offending them. So not good enough. Anyway, if you want my two cents, it's this. I know it's hard to avoid Disney with their greedy little hands in almost every avenue of entertainment now, but I implore you to try. Try not giving them your money. You won't be missing out if you pirate the next generic superhero movie instead of attending the midnight screening. You don't need a Mickey Mouse plushie to feel complete. You can find so many other well-made and addicting TV shows on a streaming platform that isn't Disney+. Plus. These people don't care about you. Why line their pockets? There is so much better content out there. Base your personality on something that isn't racist, homophobic, and whose only goal is to make as much money as possible. Before I go, if you want to read more, I got a lot of my information from Brett Hines' article, It's Time to Break Up Disney, which you can find on prospect.org, as well as BuzzFeed Unsolved's video essay titled The Dark Side of Mickey Mouse. Cheers!